Welcome to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman from Waco, Texas. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith from New York City. Each week we get together to talk about the readings for the upcoming Sunday. We hope to help both the sermon prepping pastor as well as everybody, since we all need to find that thread of grace, the gospel, throughout the scriptures. So dust off your Bible. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Same Old Song podcast, the lectionary and preaching podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. We are here today, as always, with me, your host, Aaron Zimmerman from St. Albans Church in Waco, Texas, and uh, host uh, number two, but pretty far down the list, uh, Jacob Smith, the rector of Calvary St. George's in NYC. Jake, how are you doing, my bearded brother? I'm all right. I always feel like a distant second to you, uh, Aaron. Well, so just keep good. trying. That's all I want to say. You know, <laughs> be all you can be. Just do it and keep trying. Uh, give it your best. And one day you may That's right. think you're catching up. All right. I do so... have my WWAD bracelet on. <laughs> you're, you well, you are the epiphany in my life, Aaron. You're so. the reason in my life. So here we are on the twelfth night of the twelfth day of Christmas, also uh, the beginning of the feast of the Epiphany, and uh, and Epiphany essentially means revelation, and um, uh, it's uh, uh, the colors have gone back to kind of green, and uh, everything's a little ordinary, but uh, we are going to be looking at the revelation of Jesus um, as your Lord and Savior, and we jump into our passage in Isaiah chapter sixty. And uh, one of the great things about Epiphany is, like we said, it's all about this uh, revelation and this idea of God for you. And Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 6 opens up with the human condition. It tells us that for darkness shall cover the earth and a thick darkness the people. And the truth is, is that all of us are living in uh, some form of darkness. All of us are living. It manifests itself in denial. It manifests itself in guilt. It manifests itself in shame. But what the prophet Isaiah, and for them, uh, the people of uh, Israel and Judah, it was no nation and being under occupation. And uh, what uh, Isaiah prophesies, though, is that a light is coming. Mm. And indeed, we as Christians uh, profess and confess that a light has come. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that as we begin this season of Epiphany, I think is going to be important to tell folks in your congregation, uh, at least this is true in a lot of Episcopal churches uh, like ours, Jake, is that there are people who have no idea what Epiphany is mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. they come from churches where it wasn't really celebrated. It was just sort of mashed up into Christmas. You know, Epiphany mm -hmm. is, as you said, revelation or it means revealing. Um, it's kind of that aha mo moment, and it's always connected to the wise men. And so in our tradition, if you're in a church that uses the lectionary, we have a gift in that we rightfully keep separate Christmas and baby Jesus from the wise men. Uh, and if, you know, mm. if, you, if you're going to be hardcore about it, when you put your little nativity scene up in your house, all during Advent, there should be no baby Jesus in there. Then on Christmas Eve, if you want, you can put baby Jesus in there. And then there's no wise men in there until January 6th, the epiphany, the revealing. And, you know, don't go to your friends' houses and 
you know, grab the wise men off the mantle, cast them down and scream heretics and run out. What? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But I think keeping them separated, you got to keep them separated is good for us because it teaches your congregations a couple of things. One, the wise men had to travel a while to get to baby Jesus. You know, there's a narrative, there's a story um, that God was at work in the east, wherever that was, where these magi came from before they arrived uh, at Jesus. Also, you know, a lot of scholars think that Jesus was maybe even a toddler by the time they arrived, or, or just certainly not a not a newborn infant. And so it just, I, don't, I, I that's just a little thing. It helps ground the narrative. A lot of cultures around the world, um, whereas Jake um, has spent a lot of time in Mexico, uh, and I'm half Mexican. Jake knows a lot more about Mexican culture than I am, because uh, he has to work so much harder as a poser uh, than me, <laughs> uh, since I come by it honestly. But a lot of, I mean, they they have big parties on Epiphany. They really celebrate it. You're by blood. I'm adoption. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm legitimate. You are a pretender. And. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, they have these these king's cakes and in places where there's a big kind of Roman Catholic culture, like New Orleans, they'll have king cakes. And that's where all this comes from. Epiphany is all, all about that. And in some places around the world, this is where they give uh, presents because this is where yeah. gifts are given to Jesus. So end of rant. Anything you want to say about that, Jake? No, I think it's a, I think it's an important time. And I think it reminds us that this uh, the season of Christmas building up to, you know, uh, because there's such buildup and... Um, and anticipation through in a secular holiday about what you're going to do. The minute the 25th is over, it's like there's almost like a depression yeah. that sits in. And uh, kind of the way the church has lined this up with the 12 days at beginning on the 25th. And to to understand it rightly, um, it, it carries the celebration on and, and, and it continues to move you forward and reminding you that, man, that gift that you have been given doesn't grow old. It never goes away. Mm -hmm. And it is with you to the end of the age. And that is something worth celebrating. And so um, Epiphany is a big day. Um, uh, in our house, we leave our tree up till then. Yep. Um, we give our kids presents then. And um, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an important day. And that's because we're celebrating this revelation, which is really St. Paul's theme in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Nice segue, uh, Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Uh -huh. <laughs> that, that and your lame. beard oil. Anyway. You gotta, you gotta pay for it somehow. So, uh, but uh, this um, this passage from Ephesians is all about uh, the revelation of God and this mystery. Uh, when you come across the word mystery uh, in Paul's uh, writings, remember this isn't mystery like in a Scooby-Doo sense, something you need to figure out. This is revelation, how God is revealing himself to you. The mystery of Jacob is that I am Jacob. I am the rector of Calvary St. George's. The mystery of God is that he has revealed himself in Jesus and is your Savior and Lord. And uh, this was hidden for a long time, but now it has been revealed, and it's been revealed in very specific ways. It's been revealed by his apostles and prophets by the Spirit, and Gentiles have now, just like I'm a Mexican of the promise, <laughs> Gentiles have become heirs and members of the same body. Uh, you forgot to mention, of Jesus. yeah, and you forgot to mention Jacob Smith, rector of Calvary St. George's, also president of the Hall and Oates <laughs> fan club. Uh, my term out. just ended. Yeah, so right. anyway, but, well, uh, I think, yeah, so the thing here with Epiphany and this revealing, I mean, you're exactly right. This, this mystery has been made known, the identity uh, of, um, of 
what of Jesus Christ and of what God has been doing through Jesus Christ from the beginning. And by the way, the, the other name for this holiday is the kind of the Feast of Lights, this idea that we're in mm-hmm. darkness and light has come to us. We didn't find a flashlight, but someone has opened the door and shown the light mm-hmm. um, on us. Uh, some churches have big Christmas tree bonfires like this. As you said, this is the day you can take down your tree and they'll if you have a vacant lot or it's a place appropriate for burning things, they do it. I know a church in Houston that has a huge fireworks display. Because, again, we're all in the dead of winter, and there's that post-Christmas depression. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of tie the light that comes. But but I think here, you know, um, the thing that is, um, I think, so wonderful in this writing from Paul, if you want to talk about it, uh, the thing that's the, one of the surprises of Epiphany. Because, again, people think that God works in a certain way, and one of the big headlines of Christmas and Epiphany, I always think, is how God works in the whole thing in a way that we would never plan. We would never devise. We we don't think God should work this way. I mean, for the Jewish hearers, like, it's crazy that Gentiles come and bring gifts to the baby mm-hmm. Jesus or the infant Jesus or the child Jesus. It's crazy even that Jesus is born to people like Mary and Joseph, and that, as we've talked in previous weeks about, the shepherds are the ones that come and meet him first. And um, uh, this is uh, sort of nuts to a lot of people, but Paul is going to say in Ephesians, this is all in accordance with the eternal purpose that God has carried out in Christ Jesus. This was always the plan. Um, And then because of that, Ephesians ends with this great thing, we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. That uh, God's use of unexpected, unworthy people um, means that he can still work with us and we can approach him with boldness and confidence. Absolutely. That is such a good word. And uh, You're welcome, Jacob. And, uh, and, it's, and we can celebrate. Yeah. And so, yeah. Cool in the gang or whoever that was. So with that, let's look at this uh, reading from Matthew's Gospel. And by the way, listeners, we have transitioned now to year C of the lectionary. The lectionary Mm. has a three-year pattern, year A, year B, year C. And as the new church year begins in Advent, we've now been in year C for a while. And year C is going to have us going through a lot of the Gospel of John. Of course, we had last week John's Gospel um, and the prologue of John's Gospel. This week, we dip back into Matthew 2 just because it's Epiphany. And uh, we're going to be reading the story of the Magi arriving. This this is, uh, of course, a story your listeners, your congregation will be familiar with. Um, and so next week, we'll get back into John's Gospel. But now, so we're in Matthew chapter 2. Uh, the thing that people always mash up into Christmas, but it's actually a separate thing, the story of the Magi. What, what jumps out to you, Jake, this is you know one of those stories that people who've never read the text are still sort of familiar with the story. They think they know it. Um, we three kings of Orient are, uh, and all mm. that. Um, what do you think are surprises or interesting things that you want to bring for your congregation? Well, uh, there is uh, so much going on here, and uh, I think the first thing is is that um, you know you have some you have some big players here. You have the Magi, who, first of all, if you ever hear in your church or if you ever preach, you should be like the Magi. Stop that today. I'm going to bring some law. Stop it. (laughs) Magi were like astrologers and magicians who consulted the stars. And you begin to see that, you know, um, natural revelation, they knew where to go, but uh, it took special revelation to get them to Bethlehem. Natural revelation will only take you so far. And it took them to Jerusalem. It actually took them to a dangerous place. And it needed to be revealed through the scriptures, 
where Jesus was actually born, you know? And you even see with the Magi that they had it backwards. Oh, he's obviously born in the capital of this armpit. Right. Not in the armpit of this armpit. Yeah, that's right. And they had to go, they had to go. So on our instinct, we're going to the glorious place. And the glorious place will get you in trouble because that's not how God works. And so um, they have to go to the scriptures to, um, to, uh, to have this revealed. But the other thing is, uh, the character of Herod, and I think on a profound level, um, he represents and uh, he represents kind of the the world and the culture at large. It's always saying one thing, and it's doing a completely different thing. Yeah. So it's always saying Herod is saying, "Hey, well, tell me where he's at so I can worship him as well," and it's doing another thing. The world says, "Oh, we're inclusive, we're gracious, you know, um, you know, we are the world, we are the children," but it's an incredibly harsh and unforgiving and cutthroat place. And I think that, you know, when you preach into that, especially the character of Herod representing the world, you have, uh, you, you can really have something to say that can open people up now yeah. to their need for a savior and where the truth comes right in. Yeah. So the, the, um, the thing that, I, by the way, if you're planning worship for this uh, Sunday, preachers out there, pastors out there, clergy out there, um, uh, the hymn that says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, um, I think would be one, uh, you know, it's a Christmas hymn, but if you wanted to bring it into epiphany, I mean, the, the Isaiah 60 reading talks about, you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and rejoice. But, um, so it ties in the Old Testament, but here in Matthew's gospel, you definitely see a weary world, um, to Jake's point. Mm. You know, Herod is this corrupt, hypocritical king. He's he's Herod the Great. He's king of the Jews. He's sort of quasi-Jewish. He's the leader of Israel, but he's a puppet of the Roman state, but he's this bloodthirsty, sort of crazy, maniacal, effective in some ways, but terrible in other ways, king. And and he, as Jake says, he, you know, he's so much a worldly king. I mean, he's he's lying. He's saying one thing out of one side of his mouth and another thing out of the other. And um, and I think just to emphasize that in this weary world, this cynical, mm. jaded world, even 2,000 years ago, God comes in that. And again, the, these strange characters, this corrupt, hypocritical, sinful, worldly king who wants to kill Jesus, these horoscope reading crystal using uh eastern weird religion believing magi these are the people that are all around this christ who's come and he's come actually yeah. for them he didn't wait for the world to get ready he didn't get amy mann has this amazing song maybe i could get cleaned up for christmas and um you know we're in your people's minds even though it's not christmas it's you know it's that season of the year um but here god is coming to people who are not ready who don't understand uh and and yet he still comes that's right i always i think too uh, just kind of a way if you're like going to be leading home to the gospel at this moment um you know one of the things that you can really hit on too is is what these wise men bring and on a profound level in matthew's gospel the wise men embody the nations coming to worship Yahweh in truth, that which Isaiah had been prophesying for. Yep. And uh, these these wise men, they bring him three very specific gifts. They bring him, uh, you know, they bring him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and all of these like revolve around the meaning of Jesus. 
and uh, for us. Uh, the gold, because he's a king. Frankincense is the incense used by a priest in the temple. And then myrrh is what a king was buried in. So all of these are foreshadowing that this babe in a crib is going to be, um, this babe in a manger, or maybe a 14-year-old in a manger, whatever it is, um, is, uh, is uh, going to be your Lord on the cross. And mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so often it's at this moment that the preacher, uh, especially the moralistic one um, who's stumped, uh, will tell you, now you need to be like uh, uh, the wise men, and what gifts are you going to bring him? And this is typically your best life now, and you know, all the great things you're going to do for Jesus as if he actually needs them. And, uh, and you can say, um, no, um, what I'm bringing Jesus today is my sin. I'm going to bring Jesus all of my guilt, all of my shame, and uh, uh, you know, all of all of these things that that I have hidden great darkness, and now that this light is shining on, and this light from the Lord, from Jesus, is revealing and saying, I know that's there. I know who you are better than you yourself, and I forgive you, and I love you more than you could possibly imagine. Right. And this is the epiphany, and this is who your Lord and Savior is. The one who says, I know you better than yourself. I know you're hiding in darkness. And uh, guess what? Here's the light and I love you. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's so right. Because preachers, uh, a lot of preachers, always want to make this, as you said, about what we need to bring to Jesus. They make the wise men the exemplars we're supposed to follow, which is missing the point on so many levels. As you so said, first levels. of all, the wise men are not that great. Uh, they're Eastern... Um, pagans um and and th that's the point of this we're not supposed to be the wise men that's not the point of the story the point of the story is jesus is so amazing that even these pagans from the east are going to bring him incredibly valuable things the point of the story is jesus um not uh, i mean if if the if the gold frankincense and myrrh was really the point of the story other than foreshadowing we'd hear about them later in the gospels that's right we hear about you know that's jesus right. had this stash of gold he was like a trust fund baby and he you know he never had to worry about anything um but we don't hear about them ever again. The point of the story is Jesus's grace and kingship and glory coming to a world that's in darkness and doesn't want him or recognize him, but still he comes because he loves him. Amen. That is a great place to end. And uh, uh, I just want to say happy Twelfth uh, Night and happy Epiphany, everyone. Um, keep celebrating. Yeah, and if you uh, like what you hear and want to make a contribution, to St. Albans Waco and not Calvary St. George's, uh, you can go on our web. No, I'm kidding. If you'd like to support uh, Mockingbird Ministries, um, there you can send gold, frankincense, myrrh, Bitcoin, cash, checks, whatever you like. Um, uh, just go on our website and uh, there's instructions on how to do that. Uh, we thank you for listening. We thank you for your support. And Jake really thanks you for your support. Yes, always. God bless you. You too. Somebody's Thanks for listening to Same Old Song, and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. Dave's all will be sad if you don't. We'd like to thank the Narrativo Group for audio production. Keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.